It is uh, you two coming through featuring Mary J. Blige with uh, one. I'm probably the only person still walking around with that. Uh, remember that U2, uh, U2 album that came with uh, an iPhone at some point in time? There was uh, some iPhone a couple of series back when you bought it. It came embedded already with the U2 album. Uh, and I'm the only person in the world probably. <laughs> <laughs> With the exception of you two fans, of course, that has not figured out how to to delete it. So from time to time, uh, you know, one of their songs comes on on my radio. Uh, right now, though, we're going to be talking to Dr. Jabu um, Tweni, who is um, the head information and cybersecurity or head of information and cybersecurity at the uh, CSIR, which, as you know, is the Council for Scientific and Industrial Research. Um, and we're talking around a uh, collection of data that uh, the CSIR, alongside various South African uh, universities, have unveiled in a book titled Approaches to Building a Smart Community and Exploration Through the Concept of the Digital Village. Good morning to you, Dr. Jabu. How are you doing? Uh, good morning, Bridget, and uh, I hope you are well. I'm fantastic, thank you. I'm I'm great. Um, you know, I'm just uh, getting my mind around what seems to be very important data uh, that the CSIR, uh, alongside South African universities, have uh, collaborated on. What informed you, you guys, uh, banding together to sort of share information and data? Um, w- w- was there a specific um, motivation around it or it was just a we've got these resources and this information and it needs to be shared for the greater good of developing South African communities uh, Thank you very much uh, Bridget. Uh, the motivation actually behind the work that has been done mm-hmm. uh, is, is inspired by Dr. Jackie Pasa Musaka mm-hmm. who is actually the editor of the book I am just one of the, the co-authors of the book Okay. Uh, yeah, but he has been, uh, you know, for over 30 years uh, working with various communities uh, in, in terms of how do we uh, improve community, communities using technology and, and, and using research. Mm. So, uh, and he has been working very closely with a number of these institutions, like in the rest of Pretoria, CSR, of course, that's where he's also based as well as uh, Nelson Mandela University, other institutes such as Moses Kotane, as well as the private sector. Mm. So through various uh, experiences, uh, he came up with, with the idea to bring these researchers and, and professionals uh, together to see how uh, can actually communities uh, be built so that they can be self-sustainable uh, and they do not necessarily always rely on external uh, stakeholders or government for them you know, to grow and, and also improve service delivery and for them to be efficient. Because mm-hmm. that, that is at the crux of, of the matter in terms of the book that uh, you, you guys have collaborated on is the exploration of sustainability uh, around developing communities. Does it just pertain to South Africa or Africa at large? So, so yeah, interestingly, the, the book, uh, including the various authors, they look at different use cases. Uh, but over and above that, uh, they have experience in different communities. For mm-hmm. example, there's one chapter where we are looking at the Botswana uh, use case. Uh, Dr. Jackie himself has uh, studied in, in Canada, mm-hmm. and many of some of these experiences are coming from there in, in the U.S. as well. Uh, but uh, in South Africa, it's also across the different provinces, you know, in Pumalanga, in Sabuswa, 
uh, uh, in Houghton. Uh, but at, at large, the, the purpose of the book is how do we use these experiences in Africa to actually uh, provide guidelines and approaches on how to build uh, these smart villages uh, or smart communities, as you'd call them. Mm-hmm. And when we speak, I mean, this conversation has been a hot topic for, you know, um, those practicing within the development sector, those within the political sector. And of course, I um, also incorporating, uh, you know, um, e-commerce as well is sustainability uh, from a development perspective. But I would venture to say that oftentimes when we think sustainability and development, we may at times, unless you are focused on a particular uh, arena or area, we may at times exclude um, communities in underdevelopment or underdeveloped areas. Um, we, we may at times not include them in, in that kind of programming or that kind of thinking, uh, or even in our conversations when we when we talk sustainability, we're not necessarily talking about, we're not necessarily thinking underdevelopment, underdeveloped, under-resourced um, and underprivileged communities all the time. No, no definitely, because uh, when we uh, think about smart communities, uh, in, in the cities they have the concept where they call smart cities, but mm. here we are definitely uh, talking about an all-inclusive you know, community where it is about collaboration and everyone is involved. It's not just the leaders or the researchers or the educated who are part of building this smart community. So it's it's both the developed and, and the underdeveloped. That is why even in the book, uh, Dr. Jacob brings forth, you know, academia, which mm. is one part. It brings the public sector. It also brings the private sector because we always believe that uh, in order to build, you know, sustainable communities, mm. uh, it's not just one angle or just researchers, but you need a, a, a balanced uh, contribution from from different people. And, and as we have mentioned as well, it's, it's about the environment, it's about land, it's about mm. infrastructure, uh, and it, it's about government at whole because they also need to provide some favorable policies that will ensure that these communities are able to self-sustain themselves. Yeah. And how do we fare in terms of some of the data that has been shared in the book? How do we uh, fare as South Africa in terms of reaching those objectives? Or maybe what were even some of, of the objectives that you guys, um, you know, highlighted in, in some of the chapters that you think need urgent uh, and priority attention if we are to 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 make headway uh, in in this discourse anytime soon yeah so south africa i think uh, in terms of the data until around 2015 just to give an example in the in in, in africa we were sort of uh, in the top 3 in terms of the, the countries that were, were sort of pro ict were using ict for development and we were using technology not just as a, as a technology, but to advance, you know, service delivery. Mm. But since then, we've sort of lagged behind a bit. Uh, obviously, some of these could be caused due to lack of investment uh, and maybe lack of focus in, in terms of using ICT to advantage. That is why you would find countries such as Rwanda mm. and Kenya nowadays. They, they are sort of more seen as the proponent of, of, of smart communities where they use technology to their advantage. So that's that's number one. Mm. But the, the other key thing, of course, is about policies, right? Because generally for smart cities or smart communities to strive and, and for them to be prominent in assisting communities, you know, to, to, to get better services, it's all about having proper policies, but it's also about leadership, you know, mm. at government level, at local level. Uh, and it's all about the contribution as well of the private sector in terms of supporting 
the communities, for example, to have infrastructure and stuff like that. Earlier on, what we see is that there was a lot of support in the communities, particularly when here I'm talking about communities, I will talk about you know, rural areas mm. and townships where you saw a lot of companies supporting, let's say, community centers, laboratories. Mm. Uh, but nowadays, unfortunately, our data says that has sort of regressed a bit. And, and, and when we talk about these smart communities, we want to, to, to show that it is possible, but it, for it to be sustainable, it just, it just does not need donations only, but mm. it needs the involvement of, of, and of communities. And then, of course, when we look at crime, which is another problem within the society, it, it tends to have a dent on building these smart communities because if labs are put up in schools and criminals come and steal the, the, the infrastructure, it becomes a, a, an issue. Mm-hmm. Um, there's two things that you've just mentioned there um, that I'd like to unpack a little bit more. You know, you mentioned Rwanda as an example, and they're a great you know, example of a, an African um, um, country that has really just maximized and accelerated in terms of development. Um, and w- is there an opportunity that we are missing out on perhaps as, as South Africa to, to engage fellow Africans and share information and resource um, in order to just fast track our goals or even maybe, you know, sometimes if we're doing a SWOT analysis, it's always nice um, to know exactly where your weaknesses are um, as being pinpointed by somebody who's got an external view and, and, and can have an objective, um, you know, view of where you're at, where you're trying to be and what some of those hurdles are and maybe even offer you uh, s- some kind of way forward. Uh, definitely. And I think from just the Council of Scientific uh, Research um, at, at the CSR, where, where I'm based, the, the the aspect of learning from others is very key, particularly in building smart communities. And I, I gave Rwanda as an example intentionally because I believe uh, them in South Africa, they, they sort of have some parallel histories, you know, mm. particularly when you look at 1994 and so on and so forth. Um, and we can learn a lot from them. And, and there's a lot of our researchers who collaborate with them, particularly in, in, in terms of saying, where are the lessons, you know, that we could learn? And I, I, another example is Kenya. Mm. If you look at the financial sector, just as a typical example, where Kenya has been very successful in, in using technology such as M-Pesa in making, let's say, banking inclusive, you know, into, mm. into, into the communities. Uh, and, and in South Africa, it's a little bit different, but we also have our own success success stories that they can learn from, particularly if you look at, let's say, the e-wallet, mm. kind of like transactions. So, so, so there, there are always lessons, you know, between the different countries that we can learn from. Of course, as, as I, I will always hamper on this point, that the, the, the most key thing as well is, is about government support, about having policies in place, about also having what you call it incentives, right? Mm. That, that that incentivize these collaborations between these different entities because ultimately researchers, they also need funding in order to explore further mm. you know, some of these uh, research that they're doing so that they can also be practical and implemented in their real life, not just end up in books only. Yeah. Uh, you also mentioned, Dr. Jabu, that, you know, we've regressed when you look at, in particular, our township communities and our rural communities. There's been a, a regression, almost a sluggish um, resistance or rather sluggish sort of proactiveness to to getting involved and bringing those partnerships that used to be in place. Um, why is that so? It, was there anything that, that sort of was highlighted as maybe 
presenting itself and motivating as for why people are pulling out or why people are reluctant to plow back into into such communities? Uh, I think there, there are a number of reasons. Some of them not necessarily covered in the book, mm. but one that are prominent in the book is the issue of safety and security, which I've already touched on. Mm. Then the issue of, of service delivery, because sometimes communities, the key element, you know, is issues of, or the key needs, is the issues of water, you know, roads and mm. electricity. And we know at the global level, at the national level, how struggling we are in terms of sustaining just electricity supply and even water and roads. So, so the issue of being a smart community becomes secondary if the communities do not have the basics. So, so those mm. are just some of the challenges. And then I also indicated earlier on the issue of crime. Mm. And I think it's one of the things that we, we also need to address. But uh, we, we cannot also ignore the issue of corruption, right, in, in maladministration, because mm. that has, uh, has also disinterested some investors, because when they invest in the communities, instead of the investments benefiting the whole community, they benefit a few. That is mm. why one of the key components that uh, some of the authors uh, vouch for in terms of a smart community is a community that is, is inclusive, but is a community that, uh, that that shares together, you know, is a community that both produce and consume together, not just individuals or certain people, you know, taking everything. Mm. So, uh, and it's also the issue of access to land because sometimes there are communities that may want to build, let's say, community centers, education centers, but they mm. may not have the land. And one of the things that SAIDET has done as well is, is also to look at issues of smart places. How do we build these communities so that the places that they build is not just a library, but it could be used for multiple other other purposes. Mm-hmm. Dr. Chabu, thank you so much for sharing and unpacking with us some of that very pertinent research that yourself and your co-collaborators uh, have uh, put together in a book titled Approaches to Building a Smart Community and Exploration Through the Concept of the Digital Village. And by the way, this book was actually commissioned uh, in part by the uh, Siabuswa Educational Improvement and Development Trust. Um, and they've uh, really come together to provide practical approaches to building smart communities in underdeveloped uh, communities and regions and information-deprived communities in and around South Africa. I think lots of learnings here um, for everybody uh, across various sectors. Uh, definitely some things that you can take away moving forward. It is half past eight o'clock on Jet Set Breakfast. The conversation continues on SAFM.